Yay! Yay! So, welcome to LeakyCon! Oh, no, wait. For Saturday, July 13th, this is special episode 36. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. The next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, we'll like to start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? Am My I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. You are. yes, you are. Apparently, <laughs> I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> 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 I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. (laughs) (laughs) But I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. (laughs) Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Butterfit weekly, where the story never ends. Welcome to Potter Thick Weekly. That would be us. That would be us. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And this is our special post LeakyCon episode of Potter Thick Weekly. Woohoo! Recorded from the same room, which is fun and weird. It is kind of fun <laughs> and weird. And as we are discussing this, I am watching tweets, LeakyCon tweets, flash across my screen. Today is Monday, the day after LeakyCon. Scott has managed to catch the LeakyCon flu. Yes, unfortunately. I don't know whether Sue is just lucky or if it's because she's from here, but she has not. Probably just as well, because if both of us were sick, then Sue's mom would have to be taking care of us, and that would just be sad. It would be, especially since she left us to go to the movies. (laughs) Yes. And speaking of my mom, I have to put this in here because she is wonderful. She made me robes for LeakyCon, and she kept saying, okay, we're going to work on the robes today. And then something would happen and we wouldn't work on the robes. And she'd say, well, it's supposed to rain this day, so we'll work on the robes instead of being outside in the garden. And it didn't rain. So the night before I needed to wear the robes, she stayed up until 3 o'clock in the morning finishing my robes for me. So I just want to acknowledge what a wonderful mom I have. And I had a great time wearing the robes to LeakyCon and wearing them to the ball on Saturday night. And then again, all day Sunday so that I could honor mom staying up all night to make me ropes. She is pretty amazing. I can hear Kat in my mind saying, well, of course, it's Mama Duck's foot. (laughs) So, let's see. Scott got here early. He came in on Tuesday evening, and we had Wednesday to just kind of veg and relax, and then Thursday was the start of LeakyCon. The general idea was that we would kind of plan out what we were going to do at the various days on Wednesday, but that didn't really happen. So we just sort of, we had some vague ideas of things that we wanted to go to, and Sue made a few notes, 
basically we just look in the little handy sealed guide that they gave you as part of your registration every time we came out of a panel and say, uh, okay, what's next? Um, I know something over here. Uh, well, hmm, maybe that one, or maybe that one, or let's go over here. And uh, it worked out. <laughs> we did manage to see just about everything we wanted to see. There were a couple mornings that we started in a little late because we slept in in the morning. We were not great. Get up at the crack of dawn and party all night, Leaky Connors. Yeah. There were some that, you know, there were good things that were happening at the 9 o'clock thing. Mostly that was when they started stuff. Panels would start at 9. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to get there for the drawings to have a chance to do autographs with people, you had to go there at 8. And we definitely didn't do that. And some of the ones that were at 9 we might have liked to see, but we decided we'd like sleep better. We it's, did. Uh, it's Sleep is good. Sleep does lots of wonderful things. Yeah, like stop you from catching leaky flu. <laughs> yes, well, apparently that didn't quite work, but uh, we did our best. We did try. Thursday, let's see, we got together, we went down, I only got us lost a little bit. That was pretty good. That was my whole thing for the whole weekend. We only got lost a little bit. I think uh, we just sort of went around the block once. It wasn't really it that wasn't bad. too bad. We found an absolutely wonderful parking place right across the street from the convention center. It was $10 all day. They let us keep the truck there till midnight. We could move it if we wanted to and go to lunch and come back and still not have to pay again. So kudos to the people on the corner. They were awesome. They treated us right. We actually didn't end up taking the car and going out to eat mostly because we packed a lot of stuff along with us. We made our own trail mix and did things like that because, you know, we're crafty Hubble buffs. And, um, <laughs> and we're cheap. That too. And, <laughs> and then, you know, you don't have to go out of the nicely cooled convention center into the heat of the day to drive the car off to somewhere for lunch. That's um, true. So, let's see. We got there and there was this grand... Flash Mob, Starcade Potter sing-along at the very beginning, which was quite fun. Going back to Hogwarts. I think there's at least partial videos up, and I'm sure if you wait a few days or however long this takes to get out, there will be more of that kind of thing, and see how that went. Mm-hmm. The only one we found so far, we are not visible, because we weren't actually part of the Flash Mob, we just got no. to witness it. We were part of the crowd. Note from the future... The partial video we're talking about here is still the only one I can find a couple weeks later of this impromptu sing-along flash mob that we're talking about. There seems to have been a more organized LeakyCon flash mob that happened later we didn't see. There are a number of videos dealing with that if you search for LeakyCon flash mob. But if you search for LeakyCon day one, the first or second video to show up would be the latter half of this Go Back to Hogwarts sing-along that just broke out at random on Thursday. We'll probably put it in the show notes as well. The general plan to start off with was we'd start right in at noon, because that's when they started on the first day, and go to the first-timers meetup so we could meet all the people who were coming for the first time. And apparently there were a lot of people coming for the first time, and the room was entirely packed. So I sort of shuffled off to one side and went to the men's meetup, where there were about... Mm, 12 to 15 people in a room meant for 50. Yeah. And yeah. And I sat on the floor outside and waited. I did go and introduce myself to a Hufflepuff who was going around and giving everybody hugs and everything like that. And I want to say one thing. We stopped at a table before the flash mob started to sing. And there were other conventions going on at the same time. Yeah, which I wasn't expecting because this one is so huge, but of course it's a convention center and they wouldn't necessarily know that. So I think there were like three or four different events Mm -hmm. also happening throughout the 
they weren't all on for the whole range of what LeakyCon was. There were some that were on for the first couple of days and one that was just on the last day and mm-hmm. things like that. But these women came and, and they were from a hearing convention that was coming in. So there were people that were getting hearing aids and things like that. And they sat down and of course, we're all in Hufflepuff attire, people are in robes, people are dressed as witches and wizards, all of these crazy things. They've got We wands. were wearing our host t-shirts that Sue yes, made for us. We were wearing fun. our Hufflepuff host t-shirts. And this lady actually Googled LeakyCon, because we all had name tags on, said LeakyCon. And then she looked at us and she said, so you're a Harry Potter convention? And we said yes, and then she said, well, that's kind of cool. I just Googled you to see what you were. And it turns out that they were so intrigued by us that several of them bought one-day passes so that they could go to some of the I, – I don't know if they actually went to the panels, but they wanted to go into the area where people were buying things because there were such neat crafts and gifts and things in there. And The convention people wouldn't let people without the leaky tag in, so they actually had to go and buy day passes so they could get in. But they were so intrigued by us that a whole bunch of them did, so I thought that was kind of cool. Not necessarily us specifically. We don't know if it was particularly the ones that we talked to that wouldn't do mm-hmm. that, but the LeakyCon group as a whole was pretty neat. Yeah. But the fun thing for Scott in the men's meeting was he actually met another Pufuanian while he was there. That was Colin, our, um, let's see, can I pronounce this properly? I always try and mix it up because it's, it's mixed up. Swick and Flish. Our head of Slytherin at the moment, uh, yes. which was kind of fun. We sort of had a head of house meeting because I'm the head of Hufflepuff and he's the head of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. We didn't really think of it that way at the time, but there you go. And so when Sue sort of wandered in looking for me, I was able to say, hey, this is Colin over here. So. Yeah. And then we came out of that area and immediately got squished into a line to go into the room next door where some of the wizard rockers were going to speak. Lauren Fairweather and Matt Giacomo. And I don't know the other person. Did you know who that was? Uh, was that Ray Sterling that was there? Yes, I believe it was. I don't think I've heard her music, but she was one of the people that was going to play at the, I think, the second rock show. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, I think she did. They just sort of talked about being wizard rockers in general, and they were expecting it to be more of a meetup thing where you kind of wander through the room and say hi to the people, but they had it set up with the tables and microphones and the projector screen and everything. So Matt hid behind a podium and typed things on the screen for most of it. Yeah, he was pretty funny. He and said he was shy. Yes, eventually he did come up and start using the microphone as well, but they just took questions about being rockers and how they got into it and what things are like for them, various different things like that. It was quite fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. And while we were there, I happened to look across the aisle and I said, ooh, I think that's somebody else that's a Pofuanian, and I glanced at her name tag and I was right, so we got to meet Lauren, who is known, was known as Starry Skies on the forum. So that was really fun, too. Yes. She was one of our many influx of people that came in with the Dangerverse stories. So I sort of knew her a little bit before that, and then we actually got to meet, which was fun. (laughs) And she was also, uh, this was her second LeakyCon, so she said she'd be our guide a little bit. She didn't end up doing all that much with us personally, because she was also volunteering, and she was absolutely insane. She Uh, was absolutely insane. She She was was everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) She was great. Yeah, they're really lucky that they got to have her, because even Mm -hmm. the times when she wasn't actually on shift, I'm jumping our timely narrative here, but uh, when we went to the ball on Saturday, it was supposed to just be the ball is open, everybody can go in, because it's, you know, the dance. It's not like you can't get front row seats to the concert or anything, because there's nobody playing. It was, mm-hmm. it it was, was all uh, DJed. 
Yeah, so there wasn't supposed to be a line or anything, but apparently they'd taken a little bit longer than they expected to clean things up from what had been in the main stage four. I think it was the Starkid event. Mm -hmm. So people were just sort of milling around, getting in the way, waiting for these doors to open that were supposed to have opened 10, 15 minutes ago. I think it was closer to 30. (laughs) Yeah, maybe by the time we got there. And so Lauren, even though she wasn't actually signed up to volunteer at anything at that point, just stood in the middle of the hall and said, okay, everybody with the general passes go this way. Everybody with the rock star passes come show me them and go that way. And she had to basically say the same thing 57 times Mm, because people kept coming in. But she was excited and animated the entire time. She was awesome to watch. The third thing that we went to was a Disney sing-along, and I just had a wonderful time watching her sing and dance to the Disney music. That one was a lot of fun, too. She and some of, I imagine, her friends from her hotel room or other people she knew from the former LeakyCon kind of took over when they did Zero to Hero, the Muses song from Hercules, just started acting that out. Great fun to watch. It was. It was a lot of fun. And that room was also packed with standing room only. Mm-hmm. So. We had a person in front who, I don't know if she'd led a panel before. It wasn't really a panel because there wasn't questions and stuff. It was a meeting, but said, okay, I wasn't expecting quite this many people. Let's <laughs> play some music. <laughs> so yeah. it was great fun. We got to sing most of our favorite songs and mm-hmm. Some of them I didn't recognize, like I Haven't Seen the Princess and the Frog, for example, so there were songs from that that I didn't know, or um, just other things. I can't think of specific examples. There are a lot of other more modern Disney shows that I haven't seen, but there were lots of ones that we did recognize, and it was always great fun to sing with, so Mm -hmm. even though we probably should have saved our voices a little bit instead of screaming right away. (laughs) Yeah, well, what's the fun if you can't scream right away? That is true. And I think that was it. There was one more Mm -hmm. thing, but I don't think we went to it. We just kind of sat and ate, I think. Yeah, that was one of our breaks for actually having food, because then the opening festivities were at 5. This sing-along had ended at 3. Oh, no, at 3 o'clock was supposed to be our meetup. Ah, yes, because there wasn't anything on the calendar that we were going to do. We planned to do our PFW meetup thing, and since I'd met Colin at the men's meetup, we told him that and said, this is where we're going to be, so... He showed up and no one else did. We just sort of stood and waited for about 15 minutes and realized that we probably hadn't been very clear in actually putting which, on anywhere which what, front doors where people should come <laughs> to meet us. And there was really not very good Wi Fi or anything like that in the convention because there were 3,000 people all trying to use it at the same time. <laughs> it actually, they actually crashed the registration process. They brought the internet down during the registration process. So there really wasn't much way that we could get onto things and say, hey, we're having our meetup, this is where we are, mm-hmm. and have anybody notice. So eventually we just sort of moseyed on down towards the main stage area because we wanted to be there for the opening ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And we just sat in the window and ate our lunch. And yeah, hung out with good. Colin and his friends for a bit. And then we discovered that there was an absolutely humongous line for the opening ceremonies, and we went, oh, maybe we should have moved along a little sooner, ate our lunch in the line. But as it turned out, that was just an artifact of people there. Mm -hmm. There wasn't actually supposed to be a line for the opening ceremonies because the Rockstar past people had reserved seating for them. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a first-come, first-served thing. And everybody else, there was tons of room in the main stage room. I don't think it ever filled to capacity. So there was no way you were going to miss getting a seat. And they had a 
very good setup for it, actually. I did manage to get a few pictures of that because I was a terrible photojournalist and did not really get any pictures of any interesting people or things happening, but I did get some of the stage and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They had basically giant projection screens on either side of the main stage and were filming what was going on, and you could watch it on those if you couldn't see the stage clearly. And it, it worked really well. It did. It was really nice. We actually got fairly lucky because apparently I count as being mobility challenged and also helped that we were going in behind a friend of Collins who was in a wheelchair, but they sort of looked at us and said, okay, you can head up to the front even though you don't have the Rockstar passes. So that was kind of nice. It was nice. That we had two or three times, we had not some every time. nice seats for the opening ceremony. It was fun to be that close to be able to see them. And the ceremony itself was amazingly well done, mm -hmm. especially given that half of the people in it had never seen the thing before a day or two ahead. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping there will be video of most of it eventually. At the moment, there is video of the big song at the end, and there's video of the very beginning. And then there's a giant gap in the middle that tells you how they got <laughs> from the beginning to this giant to crowd of people singing at the end. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hi from the future again. As it turns out, there is such a video, and we will put that in the show notes as well. Basically, it was a forest. The stage was these four huge trees, and it started off with Ron, who is Joey Richter. Hey, a couple of years out of Hogwarts, and what have you got to show for him? Kind of bebopping around on the stage and getting caught in a storm and being transported to this basically the forest of fan fiction where he meets up with other characters from other stories and there was a bunch of them they called the whole thing the forest of fandom and they were all having to he was trying to get to hogwarts because he was bored hanging around not doing anything else mm -hmm. and so he thought he'd lead everybody to hogwarts and they ended up not going to hogwarts but they got to this ring of fandom that they could do things with Oh, that was the other tangent side, was Frodo and Sam and Gollum were sent off by presumably Gandalf, but it never really said, to go and find the ring of fandom and bring it to this group Well, wasn't it the doctor that sent them off? As it turned out at the end, it was the doctor, the twelfth doctor, who we haven't seen yet, who was responsible for getting all of these different fan people to show up in this one universe area. Wouldn't and it be funny if Andrew was really the twelfth doctor? <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they had all sorts of things, and they had fun with it. There was Ron. He was kind of on his own board. And then there was, I think, Khan and Leia from Star Wars showed mm -hmm. up at one point. They were sort of in the middle. There were the guys from Lord of the Rings. There were... Hunger Games people. Mm -hmm. There was people Game of Buffy, Thrones. Game of Thrones, Twilight. Yes. The two Twilight people showed up, and we sort of figured out, okay, this is supposed to be Edward and Bella. Bella never said anything. She just sort of followed Mom. Edward around and went... <laughs> and he sparkled. Yeah. So Buffy didn't think he was a real vampire because yes. he sparkled. The next thing that happens is Buffy shows up and says, hmm, I'm supposed to be tracking this vampire who doesn't feed on humans and... Eventually, Oak Bell was the other one who was sort of one That's of the right. leaders. Bell from the Disney Princesses showed up, and she was the one who kind of knew what was going on a little bit, whereas Ron yeah, really did Because didn't. she read. Yes, and she was trying to explain things to Ron, and eventually explained to Buffy that Edward was this vampire she was looking for, and she was like, oh, that's not a vampire. 
Yeah, he's heartless. So. And Hermione actually showed up at one point because yes, you know, the very we end. might need useless information that mm-hmm. she's so she good can at explain dispensing. all sorts of things and remain in character. Yes, yes, she can. <laughs> then at the very end, it is, was, is it Lurky? Loki? Loki was the villain was of the, the piece. Villain. I am Loki, <laughs> rightful king of Asgard. Do you like my haircut? It started off with a more regular sort of opening. Melissa and Stephanie were talking about what LeakyCon meant and what they were trying to do, and then they got kidnapped by figures in black. And Loki showed up, and his big plot was to stop LeakyCon, and no one could ever stop him because, you know, his brother was off making a movie, and none of these fandoms would ever get together and manage to do anything with themselves. But the Doctor managed to get them all together and get them to work together, which... Shook a bit of doing. There was some arguing over who was the most important. But eventually, the 12th Doctor, a.k.a. Anthony Rapp, who played Mark in Rent, showed up, and he explained what was going on, and that is when they had their great big singing set piece, which was set to the music of Anthony Rapp's big song for Rent. And they got to sing that, so that was really fun. It was really fun. It, it was amazingly well put together for people that had a day and a half to figure out what they were doing. And you can tell that they had a great time. And there were probably at least 30 people on stage. Mm-hmm. By, the, more. by the end, there were a dozen or so characters who were doing things in this quest that they were doing. And then at the end, they all got to a cafe or something they were supposed to be meeting at. And there were 15 other characters. And the, the entire stage was filled, basically. There mm-hmm. were three different doctors that we noticed. Hank Green was just sort of standing in the background, his 10th Doctor costume from last time. Alex Carpenter dressed up as the 11th Doctor. And there are probably a bunch of other things that I'm not thinking of right now. Mm-hmm. You can actually see them mostly in the singing video, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of mic trouble occasionally, so even in that, there were bits of the lyrics that we kind of missed. But hopefully that will be explained eventually, because I know they have a script somewhere. Mm-hmm. Then after that was over, we had a couple hours of downtime. We went to the exhibit hall and walked around a bit, ate something, and... Then Scott got to go to his very first rock concert. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Which was fun. I'm glad I went, because it's always sounded like lots of fun to actually go see these people. And apparently a lot of them like to come to Portland. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I knew a few of them. They like Portland. It's a fun place for the rockers to come. Yeah, and it was a it was a good one. Of course, they kept Ministry of Magic, who were my favorites going in to the very end. They're sort of the headliners, so we had to stay till midnight. <laughs> we also got. I, I think it got out at eleven thirty, so they finished a little early, which was nice. Yes, that's good. Let's see who who do we have here. What it seems we must have gone to a class or something in between because did you what come did in a little do? late? That yeah, you came I, in late to the. So I didn't. Oh, we went to the, the Wizard Comedy Jam. Oh, yes, that was the other thing that happened, which was, some of it was fun, but it really wasn't great. It was odd. Yes. It was put on by Paul and Joe George of Harry and the Potters. And because they called it the Wizard Comedy Jam, Sue was kind of expecting to be musical stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it'd just be funny music kind of things. Not more on the comedy portion of it, but they were relying very heavily on the comedy portion. Yes. I believe my mother is home. We're going to be interrupted here momentarily. (laughs) But they told terrible, awful jokes. And Andrew Slack was, yes. Yeah, he was there. I get these names mixed up. 
and he did some stuff. Joe Moses came. He was really funny. Justin Finch Fletchley came in and told really, really bad Hufflepuff Terrible jokes. Hufflepuff puns. Yeah, like, off his phone. How does a Hufflepuff win at poker by Huffle bluffing? Yes. <laughs> All of them were like that. There was Huffle in it somewhere, and he just put but it they in were order. terrible. He yeah. Googled. I know he did. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was fun. It gave us mm-hmm. something to do while we were waiting for the rock concert to set up. So we didn't we get out right the time that we might have been, so we were a little bit late to that. Missed, I think, the first song or two by mm-hmm. Kirsten Hippie, I think is how you pronounce it. It might just be Hip. She was last year's winner of the Leaky Stars competition, apparently. Yep. She was quite good. I enjoyed her. She was just out there with her guitar and singing. That was quite nice. Came across quite clearly there, and I enjoyed some of her music. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up finding her CDs. I'm not sure where they were. Or maybe she didn't have them yet. Mm, that could be. Yeah. So there was her, and then Tonks and the Aurors came on, which were quite different. She was definitely a rock band. Mm-hmm. And it, it was very catchy, but I found the, the levels between her and her band members were a little bit off. So when she was just playing herself and singing, I could hear what she said. And as soon as the other guitars and drums and such came in, then I couldn't make out the lyrics. So it was fun, but it would have been more fun if I had known her songs better, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that way at my very first rock concert. The ones that I actually had heard the songs before, I enjoyed much better because I knew what they were saying. And if I had no idea what the song was, I couldn't understand a word they said. Yeah. And then after that, it was Lauren Lauren Fairweather. And she did a couple of Moaning Myrtle songs as well. And then a lot of her other stuff that she's done since, which is quite good. Mm -hmm. I actually ended up getting one of her CDs. She has a CD that's entirely based around the Prince's Tale. Oh, that's a great, great CD. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. After that, we had the two sort of big names of the night. The others are, too. Mm-hmm. But it was Alex. It's listed as Alex Carpenter in the book. But he actually got the Remus Lupin's band back together as well and had Christian Caldera, who used to be Oliver Boyd in the Rememberals, playing guitar with him. And Joe DeGeorge played sax on some yeah. of the songs as well. Yeah, so. it was really fun. And he had his trademark hat and vest on, so we knew it was him. Mm-hmm. It was really funny because I saw him. He had been up behind the stage for Lauren's thing, and he knew he was coming on next. And he must have forgotten something because I saw him running from the front of the auditorium to the back of the auditorium to get something. And then when he came back, he was walking. He was walking quickly, but he had slowed down. He knew he had enough time. But he was booking it when I saw him the first time along the edge. Oh, of the no, where is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what he forgot, but he forgot something. And then Ministry of Management. Ministry of Mat I can't say it. Ministry of Magic, which I've never seen before. I've heard some of their music, but I've not seen them live before. Came on, and that was really fun. Yeah, they were quite good. Rather than having live instruments, they mostly use their backing tracks and things mm-hmm. that they've already put together. Because I think they have like each of them plays three of the instruments or something. It would be kind of hard to do if they were doing it live. Right. Um, I'm glad I got to see them because they are uh, they were my first wizard rock band that I encountered mm-hmm. that I really liked. I don't think they're quite as good live as they are on their CDs just because their stuff is so layered and a lot of it's really hard to sing. So like there are a couple of the things where he's really trying to get up to the high notes and doesn't always necessarily yeah. make it. Whereas in the studio, you can do that three times until you get it right. Right. I mean, it was really good. I enjoyed it, but I think I'll probably just listen to their CD mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we drove 45 minutes home and collapsed. Mm-hmm, pretty much. I typed up my first little thing for the Buffalo Facebook group. Maybe I'll try for those over to the forum somewhere, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, fell asleep. And we sort of slept in a little bit on Friday, so we did make it to the 9 o'clock stuff, but... I don't think there was anything we really, really wanted to see at 9 on Friday, which was nice. 
There were a couple of things I thought of going to attend, and we ended up going to the Audio Fictions podcast, which, well, it wasn't a podcast as such. I don't think they recorded one, mm-hmm. but it was the two of the people who are most often on that podcast. And my past self would be wrong, and we have since linked the podcast they did make of the entire panel on both Facebook and the forum. I hadn't actually heard of them before, but apparently what they do is basically what we were trying to do with Master Fic Theater. Right. Take fanfic that's recommended to them through their forums and various other ways that they select them. They're associated with the MuggleNet fanfiction group. And then they read it out and they act it with all the character voices. And from the way they did it here, they generally have somebody doing the narration parts and someone else will do most of the voices. Or they might have two or three people doing it. And they go through and basically do a full cast recording of whatever the pick is. Right. And the really fun part about that for me is I went to it because they were going to talk about how they did things. Maybe give some advice about voice acting in general and things like that, which is something I've always been, not always, but... For a while now, I've been kind of interested in. And they asked at one point near the beginning whether there was anyone who's sort of aspiring voice actor type. And I was the only one who raised my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and later, what they were going to do is actually read out a section of, in this case, Order of Phoenix. And they invited anybody who wanted to to come up and read with them. And again, I was the only one who actually went up. But it was really fun. I got to read Three Weasleys and, uh, well, Ron and Fred and George, who pretty much sound exactly the same. And uh, three of the other minor characters, mm-hmm. and they read the rest of it. It came out really fun. Yeah, it was really, it was fun. It was fun to watch. And afterwards, we stood around and talked to them for quite some time. It was really nice. So their names were Michael Harl, Harl probably, and John Jeanette. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll have to look up their podcast. Yeah. Apparently, they've got seventy some episodes of stuff. Or one hundred seventy was it? Mm, I think I so. Don't know. Yeah, we should lots of we should read, things recorded. We should download a couple and listen to them on the way to Maybe. Okay. So I thought we went to something right after that, but I don't see anything on here. Uh, right after that, we went to... We were thinking about a couple of other things, and we decided that was a good time to maybe eat something, because yeah. was, it was 11, and we'd hung around talking to them a little bit. Yeah, I don't think we went to anything right there. And then you were wanting to get into the line for Joe Moses' show, which was at 1. 1. Was there something we went to at noon as well? We thought about it, I know. There were several things that were possibilities, but yeah. I think we just ended up sitting and we, we, having lunch. And yeah, we kind of wandered through the exhibit hall again. Mm-hmm. Was, it was kind of nice to have a chance to just not be rushing anywhere. Mm-hmm. We saw a little Quidditch. Mm-hmm. That was fun. It's a little odd to watch that way. Of course, we never came in at the beginning of anything, so we never really got it explained. But mm-hmm. um, what they'd done with it for this case was they'd roped off sort of an area of the exhibit hall that was pitch, and then under some rules that we didn't quite figure out properly, the snitch could go off and run anywhere in the exhibit hall if they wanted. Right. And there would be somebody in the bright gold shorts with a sort of Velcro sock to the back of their shorts. And through the various days, we saw the number of different people being the snitch going to things because they'd play short games with different groups of people who wanted to try. Mm -hmm. Especially the first day was just learning how to do it and pick up games and such. The first day and the last day were pretty much like that. Yeah. And then uh, on Saturday, I think they actually had a tournament between professional teams, but we didn't really get to see much of that. No, and we missed, um, after the Star Kid and Hogwarts alumni autograph session, the Star Kids and the actor that plays Seamus Finnegan actually went out and played a pickup game. Yeah, so that, that would have been fun to see. That, yeah. We, we just heard about that. We heard about it from Seamus. <laughs> he was really excited about it, so that was cool. So after that, basically, 
we were having lunch out in the main area by the exhibit hall, and we went and sat with somebody because we'd been wandering around standing for a while. Sue decided to go to the Joe Moses show, which apparently was really fun. It was fun. And I went to a little more amateur thing called We Are the Hogwartians, which was a group of people who met up on Facebook through, I think, a musical theater group or something of the sort, who were from all over the place. Most of them were from the States. They had one girl who was from Australia, I believe, and various different things. And, um... I, I, I have the pets on the podcast. That's just, it's, it's normal. It's the way it works. And they had this whole big story, which was really well written. It's just that, unfortunately, most of them weren't actors. Two or three of them did really well. And, you know, they had a budget of nothing. So their sets were pieces of paper with different locations written on them. <laughs> you know, it was fun to watch. The story was, after the events of whatever we last saw with them, the Master and Moriarty from Sherlock somehow meet up in whatever plane of existence they're in. And they both think of each other as fictional characters. <laughs> and they realize that if this has happened, there must be a crack between the universes. And somehow they manage to manipulate the whole thing so that they show up at Hogwarts and take Hogwarts over as the new headmaster and his uh, life partner. <laughs> yes. So eventually, a number of other characters from both Sherlock and Doctor Who have to show up at Hogwarts and be given a tour by Snape to fill the time before they get shown to the headmaster's office and the master reveals his evil plot. Snape was the only male in cast. The rest of them were all girls. Mm -hmm. But they managed to get this fellow named Nigel, who does a really, really good Snape. He had a couple of panels himself as Snape-related things. Mm -hmm. So he was their Snape for that portion of things. And that was fun to see. You will probably find pictures of him all over the place because lots of people were going and taking pictures with him. Yeah, we saw him at the ball, and he, he was really well dressed out and stuff. He was really fun. So it was fun to see. It was very amateur, and whenever they were changing scenes, we had to sort of hum Harry Potter music. See, James! <laughs> yeah, and then... Because that was relatively short, I went over and joined Sue in the Joe Moses show and saw the last two or three sketches that they were doing in that, which was also really fun. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether I would have... I might have preferred to go and see that, especially in hindsight, it turns out that these people who did the one that I was seeing were having it taped, and I don't know if they let you tape at the Joe Moses show. Yeah, so. probably not. But anyway, it was fun to go where I went. Mm -hmm. Sue can tell you more about what they did with Joe. Yeah, Joe had some great skits. There was one thing where people in the audience got to ask questions, and Joe Walker was on stage, and he had a little bell. And so Joe Moses would start to answer the question, and Joe Walker would ring the bell and Joe Moses had to change his answer. So I don't remember what it was, but falling back on our Hufflepuff jokes, it was like, how many Hufflepuffs does it take to change a light bulb? And he would start to say, well, it takes two. And he'd ring the bell and he'd say, oh, it doesn't take any Hufflepuffs. It takes a Gryffindor. And he'd ring the bell and it would change again, kind of a thing. So that was fun. And they had a couple other skits. And then at the end, they did a scene from Les Mis. In an interesting switch, I was there for that, and Sue wasn't because she was worried that we'd miss each other and went off to try and meet me at the other place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our meetup times didn't work out very well, but everything else was grand. Mm -hmm. so. But what they did was they were going to do a completely improvised musical number, and could they have a suggestion from the audience? And people were calling out all sorts of things for places they could be, and the guy's like, uh, I think I hear um, France, uh, French Revolution, okay. Uh, what do you think we should call it? And somebody just yelled out, Blame it. So they did a they very finished. shortened version of Les Mis, kind of a bit snarky about it. At the end, for example, their final song was... 
do you hear the people sing, singing the big song at the end? It would be a lot more happy if not everyone was dead. Uh, <laughs> and they wound up with, uh, and it'll all be up online when tomorrow comes. Oh, well, maybe they did. So, so you never summer. know. Yeah, it was fun. And then we actually went and watched Leaky Stars. We saw six performances of people that were competing. There was a whole row of judges, and they were all amazing. Mm, I, I did not envy the judges having to choose. I agreed with their choice, and I would have probably picked that one too, but they were amazing. She was the last one to come out before that. I, I kind of liked the first one that came out, and then there was also a trio who had never actually played together before. They always recorded over Skype and things. So, like They'd record videos of each other separately and together mm-hmm. and pass the music back and forth online. And this was the first time they'd actually met and played, and they did really well. Yeah, they were great. And I think they and another one of them were part of the Leaky Chat group, mm-hmm. the chat room that was on. And so there was a big group of them sort of sitting in front of us so there was lots of leaping up and cheering when their people came on. But, um, the last girl came on with a table I thought it was a keyboard at first but it was a table and a plastic cup and she did a Harry Potter based version of the cup song from Pitch Perfect which I haven't actually seen but it was it was very impressive. <laughs> it was really amazing yeah. uh, and her voice as well she had a very she, amazing voice yeah she did. We're going to have to see if we can get some links up for some of these. And there was a young man who sang this great song about Lizzie Bennett and how Lizzie B had ruined his life because yes. he got hooked in to the it was, it was soap opera that was. It started off with him talking about, oh, I'm just a regular guy. How could I possibly get into something like this? And you think that he's about to start talking about how amazing it is. And then he says, you've ruined my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was quite well done, and I actually sent a link to Jules, who approved mightily, so that tells me that it was really, really well done, because she was a huge fan. And they did have the Lizzie B. actors there for the con. They had panels and things. We didn't get to see them, but... We didn't go to those, because we figured, having not actually seen the show, it made more sense to prioritize other things. Mm -hmm. We were actually next to one once. There was the men of the Lizzie Bennett Diaries was in the room next to ours, and there was a lot of cheering. Yes. Apparently, they were well-received. They were. And then we went to the Hogwarts alumni event, which was the stars from... Yes, it was Devin Murray, who plays Seamus Finnegan in all the films, and then Scarlett Byrne, who played Pansy Parkinson in the last two, last mm-hmm. three, something, something like, like that. that. I think there was a Pansy Parkinson in the first one as well, and she must not have come back. Yeah, it was a different person. And then Ellie Darcy Alden, if I'm remembering it correctly, who played the young Lily in the flashback yes. scenes. You're good. And that was fun to hear how they talked about their experiences, and people had some good questions to ask them. That sort of thing, I'm sure, will eventually get up on YouTube. Um, it was interesting because they all came into the series at such different times, and so we talked about how it was for them. Ellie was a huge, huge Harry Potter fan herself already, so she was jumping up and down in joy when she possibly got, got the, the part. part. And yeah. Devon said he didn't know who Harry Potter was. Something in the way that they'd said it, he thought the director was a guy named Harry Potter. So then they brought him over to England and introduced him. Okay, this is Chris Columbus. He's the director. He's like, am I in the right place? Yeah. <laughs> and this is... Daniel, who's playing Harry Potter. Oh, good, I am in the right place. Yeah. yeah. They were funny. It was really neat. It was fun to listen to them and to hear all their stories. I also enjoyed hearing their various accents, but that's me. Yeah. Because <laughs> they all had slightly different accents. Well, Devin obviously was very different. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and then was the second rock concert. Mm-hmm. 
So... Which also had some pretty good stars in it. Oh, yes. Once again, we ran over on whatever we were doing, so I at least missed the first two acts. I think was I was doing Ray something Sterling else. Was Ray Sterling and the I? Double Clicks. Yeah, what did you what go did to? What did I do? The Disney? Did you go to the Disney? Oh, you went to the team quiz. Ah, uh, yes. There was a team quiz thing that... <laughs> He was fun, because apparently he does it for various different events. He works for lots of different companies, including... And this was easily nine times the size of any group he's ever had. Yeah, and there was, trivia, what, so. 83 teams competing yeah, for so trivia? It, it took him a lot longer than he thought it would to go through and score everything, so it ended up being a good 20 minutes or half an hour over the time. I decided to stay for the whole thing. I think we did fairly well. We weren't in the top three our team that I sort of found. They said, if you weren't here with a team, just come up and mill around in the front and you know, glom one together. And right. That's what I did. So we called ourselves SPEW, just mm-hmm. because one of our members was dressed up as Dobby. Oh, that yeah. works. Yeah. My team was called the We're Not Going to Win team. You're prescient? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of younger people and me. I was the old lady. But that worked because some of the questions were relevant Things by like, age. Uh, Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, they knew Doctor Who things, and I knew Doctor Doolittle. They yeah. knew comic book stuff, and I knew Star Trek. So we did all right together. Yeah, it worked out. We didn't do so well on the musicals, but... Sue's friend Bobby, as it turned out, was in the winning team. We found yes. that out later. He was very excited. He was one of the biggest geeks at LeakyCon, or at least his team was. That was really cool. So after that, we, went, yeah, down we went down to the rock concert. And we had missed, unfortunately, the Ray double clicks and Ray Sterling, Sterling who yeah. was one of the ones who talked to us. Might have been neat to hear what she was like. And then it was Justin Finch Fletchley, who's a friend of Sue's, sort of. You've seen him a number of times. And I've seen him a number of times, yes. And I always enjoy it when Justin comes up. And he put on quite a show. I'm used to little house tour shows with him, and this was a full on band. And it's always fun to watch how much energy goes into the rock shows because, oh man, I couldn't jump around on that stage like that and actually sing. Yeah. I'd lose my breath so fast I would I would be gasping. But they all they practice. And I think that was maybe where Christian and Joe were playing. Although maybe they were playing with both groups. I'm not yeah, sure. Christian. But Christian for sure was there. Was he then after Justin's set, he came out on his own, introduced himself as the guy who used to do Oliver Boyd and the Remember Alls, but he doesn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But he wanted our indulgence to play another song because he wanted to play a song for his girlfriend who was in the audience and brought her up, and through the course of this song, he ended up proposing to her. He did. That was a really neat moment. Yeah. As it was going on, I could kind of see that coming. Mm -hmm. It was very, it was a very touching moment. My friend Bobby said, wouldn't it have been just funny if he had just said, okay, I'm done, it was a nice song, did you like it? And then left, (laughs) because it was this huge setup and stuff, but thankfully he followed through, so (laughs) it worked out. Yeah. And so after that, Hank Green came out, Mm who was a bit of a Actually, I think Wompy was first. Oh, yes. Wompy came up first. I quite enjoyed him. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. liked some of his songs before, but I hadn't followed him as an artist much. But he was very good. He sounds the same live as he does on his CDs, which mm-hmm. you can't say for everyone. Right. Um, in yeah. Justin's case, I kind of like him live a little better because he does funny, weird voices on his CDs. But I guess that's his thing. So I do weird voices, too. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. I always enjoy watching Matt, mm-hmm. listening to Matt's music. Lauren came happy. and played with him as well, because mm-hmm. they're a couple, so why yeah, not play together? That old married couple now. Yeah. And then Hank Green came out? He was a bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I know who he is. I have seen some of his video things, but I don't class myself as a nerd fighter. I haven't really followed that whole... Mm-hmm. Yeah, me either. 
And I saw oh, his... Get yelled at. Yes, well, I know. <laughs> uh, what can you do? Uh, I, I did see his Asio Deathly Hallows, or Axio, as he said at the time, when it first came out. And that was his big intro into the Harry Potter music scene. I mean, he was a fan before. Right. But apparently someone wrote to him and said, you realize we consider you a wizard rocker now. Actually, it was Lauren. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren Fairweather had told and, that. And uh, so he just sort of decided to write a Harry Potter-based song every year, which I hadn't realized. And so he had quite a, a group of them. to. Mm-hmm. He played through a whole set, and they were all quite good. Half of them I didn't understand because his style apparently is to start singing and then go really, really fast through a whole chorus. And occasionally he will sing something sort of normally first and then do it again really fast so you at least know what the words are. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, if you don't already know the words, you're a little lost. Yeah. But he's a good singer and a very good musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was fun. And then Harry and the Potters came out and did yes. their thing. Oh, and he also had everyone say, Good morning, John, to welcome to Leaving Pond or something. For his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, then the headliners were, of course, Harry and the Potters sort of started the whole thing. And they're always fun to watch. Yes. I told Scott that he had to stay. If he was coming for rock concerts, he had to at least stay for some of Harry and the Potters to say he'd actually seen them. So. Yeah, and I was going to maybe leave after three songs or so, but, yeah, well, they were still going. And they, mm-hmm. they said, oh, maybe there's only two or three songs left. So I stayed for the whole thing. Yeah, we did. We got home a little bit later that night and then stayed up late because that was the night Mom was working on my robes. So that was a really late night for us. Yeah, I think, I we think were, I it was after lunch. Sue did probably. It's winter, even though her mom is still working. Mm-hmm. So we slept in a little more than we might have mm-hmm. wanted for Saturday, because there was actually one that I kind of wanted to see first off on Saturday, I think. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, the main stage thing that they started off with was the two designers from the films talking about how they did various things, and I thought that would be neat to see. Mm-hmm. But we did not make it at 9 o'clock. I don't think we made it at 10 o'clock. No, I don't think we did. We made it at 11 o'clock-ish. We did? And we went and saw Tom uh, Link. Tom Link, who I was aware of as playing Andrew in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've never actually seen him do that because I didn't get that far in Buffy. I've watched the first season and I've watched the musical episode and I think maybe two or three episodes of the second season so far. Sometime I'll get back to that. You know, it's on the back Uh burner somewhere. Apparently, he has been in a number of other things. He was in Argo, which we both saw, but didn't remember. Didn't remember him. Um, he described himself as a pop tart. He said mm-hmm. he just sort of pops up in everything. Yeah. You know, he's not one of those uh, dry, crusty pop tarts. He's the really um, hot, gooey ones mm-hmm. that you sort of take out and eat some of, and then you realize you burned your entire mouth and you kind of regret eating it, but you still kind of want a little more. <laughs> <laughs> he was very entertaining. I enjoyed that one a lot. He should really be on Potterfic Weekly because he, he named. Lots of whole things tangent. Yeah. That wasn't the original panel name, but he decided, okay, no, the this, original this is going to be panel cool. name was Nergasm. Yes. But he was also very good at keeping track of his tangents. Like, the first thing he did was he talked about this Pop Tart thing, and he went on a tangent about Ben Affleck. And then from there, he went on a tangent about Daniel Craig. And then he finished his tangent about Daniel Craig, went back to Ben Affleck, and then back to the mm-hmm. other thing he'd been doing before. Yeah. So. Good on him. Yeah, he was really good. And then I guess we just went down to the exhibit hall because I don't recognize any of this other stuff. Yeah. There was Saturday, so there were home. lots of things that could have been interesting. Like, I guess we never really went to any of this well, sort of no, deeper we discussion. We were in something because we came out of it. Ah, uh, yes. We decided there were things about Dumbledore and the Doctor and Disney, which looked interesting. One about the psychology of twins and pranksters, which I thought was kind of neat. 
that we decided in the end to go to Fandom in the Dark Ages, which was Melissa and Ellie and Anthony Rapp oh, and that's right. Pat Brady, who's the agent for the Starkids, talking about being fans before the internet, mm-hmm. and in Anthony's case, being part of Fandom, like being on the other side of a Fandom before the internet. Uh, I mean, the Red Fandom actually, I guess, was sort of as the internet was starting, so there was a little bit, right. but not nearly as much as there is now. There's a lot of emails going on. Yeah. Kinds and, of things. Uh, yeah, that was actually really a interesting panel. Yeah, I'm glad we went to that. It was fun mm-hmm. to hear them talk about all sorts of different things. They talked about specific experiences, and then they talked about just fandom in general. Anthony occasionally brought up his friend who was a Star Trek fan, because he said he really wasn't a fan in that sense when mm-hmm. he was younger. He just, he and his friends played with his Star Wars figurines, but there wasn't another sort of fan group that they went in. It was just him and his friends. Right. Whereas his other friend was a Star Trek fan, and they had their fanzines that they sent out. Right. And they said, how many people in the room know what Mimeographs are. And I actually used them. I was so proud to actually have known and actually stuff though. That was so it was interesting. And Melissa also talked about how even in the red fandom when we're starting to have internet things a little bit, there were no cell phones. So if you said we're going to meet up at nine o'clock on this corner, if somebody didn't show, you could say, Hey, where are you? Right. They weren't there. Yeah, you said to go without them or whatever. So then after that, as good Hufflepuffs, we went to the Hufflepuff affirmation affirmation meetups. Which was that was it was led by Professor Sprout who was very Professor Sproutish. Yes. And it was a room full of Hufflepuffs, and then we just kind of shared around the room. It was really cool. But I think one of the neatest parts was there was somebody that raised their hand and said, well, I have to confess that I'm not a Hufflepuff, I'm a Ravenclaw, and I came here with my friend as moral support. And you guys have actually kind of turned my whole thought process around about Hufflepuffs. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were talking about various different things of being a Hufflepuff. One of them said when they came to the con, somebody came up and gave them a hug because they were a Hufflepuff. They said, oh, you're one too. I said, no, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. So everyone in the room was like, oh, yeah, come on. Don't need to feel sorry Don't for the Hufflepuffs. sorry for the Hufflepuffs. We're Joe's favorite. <laughs> I just read an article about that that said that. Mm-hmm. But and it was nice. the kitchen, so I mean. And yeah. No stairs. He's got it, good. Afterwards, they, they tried to get a flash mob thing going, but none of us really knew the song, so they got some it, people that knew the song to go down into the common area and kind of sing. And it was the not literal group did a Hufflepuff song. We can probably link you to their video of that. It came out a few months ago. Part of it was the guy who had this idea was not loudest spoken, so most of us at the back of the room couldn't hear what he was suggesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but they did it, and it looked like fun. Well, we were heading off to our next thing, so we just went we up the elevator at that point. We went to Finding Hogwarts. That's right, we went commentary. to the live commentary of Finding Hogwarts. Neither of us had seen that before. Which was really so. fun. Occasionally, I wish they'd kind of be quiet so I could hear what was on video, because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it before. But uh, it was good to have the commentary, too. Yeah, and it must have run over, because the Star Kid thing was at four, and this should have ended at... It, it was two hours, there. actually, not in this little table looking at it yeah, properly. It if was you, two hours, and in, that's why it... In this, it, it actually was. goes from three till four fifty. Mm-hmm. So, so. so we stayed for most of that... And then we went down for the Star Kid event, which turned out that they were trying to break the world's record for fake mustache wearers. That was actually originally in the book as a separate thing. They were going to do it at 3 o'clock, but they just, I guess, decided that it made sense to kind of do it in main stage area. So mm-hmm. as everybody was coming in for the Star Kid, they said, do you want to be part of this? You have a wristband and mustache. And so, people coming around counting wristbands. Yeah, you had to show your wristband to cameras, you know. So I think we had over 2,000 people. There were a that, lot of people. That had, had the to fake wear the fake mustache for five minutes. minutes. They had a big timer and played the ultimate countdown while they were doing the timing thing. 
well, I don't know if it's this year's or whatever they did last year with it, but there mm-hmm. is something to do with that and uh, Lake Park Ball on YouTube, so I'm sure we could find out. Yeah. It was fun to go to, though, because you got to see everybody dressed up in their things as mm-hmm. we were going in. Colin had some amazing green velvet robes, for example. Colin looked awesome. Apparently his friends really had to convince him to get those. Good job, friends. Good job, friends. <laughs> yes, they did a good job. There was Snape. Mm-hmm. We got to see him again, and uh, quite good, serious black. Yes. Um, Sprout. And there was a fellow there the whole time who kind of looked like Dumbledore, just because that's the way he looked. He had mm-hmm. shoulder-length white hair and a goatee. And yeah. I think he was just dressed in a Gryffindor uniform, but he looked very wizardly. He did look very wizardly. That okay. was these sort of main meet of things. And then on Sunday, things were all a little bit quieter and yeah. slower, because they didn't have five things happening at the same time. One of the neat things that they did in this LeakyCon guide, which I sort of mentioned in passing at one point, is they go through a list of all the things that are going on in the day and tell you what room they're in and such. And then at the end, they have a big table that shows them by room and by time, so you can sort of look at everything that's on the one o'clock line and say, that one. Yeah, that made things a little easier. But Sunday, there's few enough things that they decided they didn't need a table, I guess. So we went to the Dr. Horrible sing-along. Yes, there was a surprise sing-along before that that we thought we might go to, but again, we slept instead. Um, yeah, we did do that. As it turned out, it was the Buffy musical episode, which would have been fun. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we met just Jane in line there, so that was cool. Yes, we did. We didn't get a picture with her. We got a picture with Lauren and with Colin, mm-hmm. but unfortunately we didn't run into her again, and she was leaving on the way to something else. So. Yeah, it was fast. But we went and did the Dr. Horrible sing-along, and then we watched Anthony Rapp and Melissa and Ellie play, play video, video games, games together, which Apparently, was hilarious. Uh, they're quite good friends. She was a big fan of his in Rent, and just through the course of that, they eventually wrote back and forth enough that they became friends. I think it's how it worked. And she convinced him to, well, it didn't take much convincing no. for him to come and do this. And then, I guess whenever they happen to be in the same city, because they both go around all over the place, mm-hmm. they've been playing through the co-op levels in Portal 2. Because Anthony really likes to get his platinum trophies in things when he really likes the game. And some of them you can only get if you play with the co-op partner. And so Melissa has been his partner. And there was some interesting moments when it was refusing to let them into their accounts and things. And eventually they just decided, okay, let's just start from the beginning. Because they bought a brand new PlayStation for LeakyCon. And it didn't have the new version of Portal 2 on it. And it was going to take half an hour to download the new thing. And just, ah. Yeah. So... But they played him. And Melissa killed him several times. It yes. was great fun. Once on purpose that we know of. I think most of the time it was an accident. <laughs> yes, she was very upset when it happened, usually. <laughs> it was funny. Melissa, go to your left. You're, le- you're on their left. Everyone's yelling at me. Just do <laughs> And the audience was telling them what to do and stuff. Yeah. Having never seen Portal, I didn't know what was going on. But no, it was, me neither. It but was very it fun was to watch. It was still fun to watch, just because of the two of them. You can tell they are good friends. Mm-hmm. And the best part about that was that they were still playing and having a good time when the last Pottercast was supposed to start. And Melissa's like, send them a message. We're going to be ten minutes late. <laughs> They're not going to start without you. Yeah, so this sorry. time they planned a little better, or a little differently anyway. I understand last time the big Starkid event was after the Pottercast, so they had to shorten down shorten to, down make, to sure make sure everyone sure could go it. to that. And this time they scheduled themselves for the end. So they can start whenever they like and go as long as they want. 
which pretty much they did. Yeah. And we got to see the very last Pottercast, which was sad for me because I've been listening to Pottercasts for years. Yeah. Longer than I've listened to Pufla because I started it first. I've listened to a couple of them, so it wasn't as big a thing that way for me. But it was still, it was really interesting to actually see them up there doing it mm-hmm. live, which most podcasts you don't get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they don't most of the time either. Yeah. They do it cons, and they did tour for a while together, so they did it on tour a lot. But they had fan questions, and they had different things, and throughout the they whole weekend, we stump were... John Noe and Anthony Rapp. Yes, yes, Usually it's just John, I guess. Mm-hmm. And a few people actually managed it and got free DVDs of Finding Hogwarts. Yeah. And then they had one of the big things the Harry Potter Alliance was doing in the vendor room throughout the weekend, which I really didn't pay attention to or notice until the last day or so. Among their group of things that you got in your little bag when you registered was a token to go and choose a pairing that you wanted to see get married at the end. Mm-hmm. And I guess people had been doing that through all the time. And by the time I went up and looked at it, they were down to the final two. Right. Ron and Hermione and Remus and Sirius. And by the time they were doing the Pottercast, I think at one thirty or 2, they mm-hmm. tabulated everything Figured it out. while Melissa was playing video games. Um, <laughs> Remus and Sirius had won the votes yes, by, so I think, three to one, they said. Something it was like something huge. There was a lot of support. There was a lot of people out there with signs and stuff. Yeah, they were doing a lot of things about just equality generally. And, of course, the things that have been going on with your guys' Supreme Court and all of that mm-hmm. had an impact. So then what they did as part of, it wasn't quite at the end, but nearing yeah. to the end of the Pottercast, is they had the wedding of Remus and Sirius. And Andrew Slack came out dressed as Dumbledore. Yes, yes he voice did. and everything. And He's very good. Alex Carpenter, being Remus Lupin, came, was Remus. Mm-hmm. And we haven't figured out who exactly they got to play Sirius. I'm yeah. sure somebody knows. Somebody um, will tell us. I don't think it was a star kid. It might have been somebody from the Lizzie Bennett things. It might have been a leaky staffer. It's hard to say. Yeah. But somebody who could sing, anyway. Mm-hmm. I think he was the guy who did the part of Jean Valjean in the Miz thing with Joe Moses, because what they started with was Andrew Slack said, And here we are going to marry our dear Remus Lupin to number 24601, which is the number from Les Mis, and he came out and sang a little bit of that song and said, no, no, I'm not John Valjean, I'm Sirius Black, and they had their wedding they had, Yeah, dearly beloved. And yeah, I love, so do you think that they had planned the vows, or do you think Andrew Slack, as Dumbledore, said, and they wrote their own vows, and he walked away and he sort of threw them to the wolves where they had to come up with something and do it? I don't know. It looked like... Sirius, at least, did have a card. Yeah, he had paper, he was, but it was hard to know really if there was anything, anything on it. Honestly, not. But, but it was, it was they funny. did very well, regardless. They did. <laughs> they did. Uh, especially if it was improvised. <laughs> Alex said, I promise to always love you, regardless of how full the moon is, and to always keep your water bowl full. full. perfect. <laughs> 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 it really was. <laughs> that was really fun, and then they had Q&A with the Potter fans, and then it ended, and it was the end of LeakyCon. Maureen Johnson, who was one of the leaders of the literary track of things mm-hmm. that we didn't go to, was there as part of it, and one of the fan questions, I think, or was it just Melissa? Somebody, anyway, made the suggestion that she really needed to dance with Anthony, because, of yes. course, in Rent, Mark's ex-girlfriend is named Maureen Johnson. Completely different character. She has nothing to do with it, but her whole life there has been this rent thing. So eventually she gave in and they did a little brief dance thing. And then she said, And now you shut up forever. Yes, yes, she did. It was pretty funny. 
And yeah, and that, that was, was the, end. the end. And we came home and unpacked everything and had a nice dinner and collapsed again. Yes. We've and done a lot of collapsing. Yes, well, there was a certain amount of that. And we talked a lot about how, well, we're coming home a little earlier and we should go to bed and then it'll be a great thing. And then we decided to watch Firefly instead. Mm-hmm. And so we yes. were still up till 1 o'clock. And tonight, Scott was going to go to bed early because he's tired and sick and it's 10 minutes to 11. So we're not doing yeah. very well with this. We're not doing the best. <laughs> this was going to be a really short podcast. And yeah. Here we are at an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. Um, uh, oops. But oh well. It may be a little shorter by the time we edit things. Mm-hmm. But we're actually doing pretty good here. I we think. stayed on topic. Mm-hmm. So, as far as of course the Pottercast thing goes, you will all get to hear that because they're putting it out as Pottercast. Yes. So all of the things that went on with that, you will get to hear. So I won't spoil what they decide to do at the end. It was a lot of fun, and if you ever listen to Pottercast at all, you need to make sure that you listen to that one. And that was our LeakyCon experience. It and was. We had a great time. I'm really glad I came. I'm less glad that I'm sick now. But, um, I'm sorry. Well, I don't think there was really anything we did wrong no. that we could have changed. Maybe I didn't no. drink quite enough, but we did drink a fair amount. Juice, water, really, I swear. It was only juice and water. Yes. <laughs> Come on, you know me better than that. There was a little coffee. No uh, coffee. No, that's true. And we even mostly ate pretty well, too, because um, mm-hmm. we brought our own we things. We brought our own things. Said. We did buy a butterbeer at one point, because, yeah. you know, it's got to be. It's butterbeer and a pretzel. Just goes. Well, I'm really glad that you came, because I would not have wanted to do this all by myself, so thank you. I'm really glad that this was important. I had somebody I could come and see and actually do this with, because, yeah, this was my first ever con. Mine too. For the very reason that I don't think I could go to a con by myself and just do it. I'm not sure how I would do it. Maybe having done this now, Mm -hmm. I might be able to do it. But I don't think I would have brought myself to go if WikiCon was in Boston again or... Maybe if it had been in Canada, but even then, depending on how far it was, I don't know. But this way, I at least had one person that I knew. Yeah, um, that was We helpful. didn't do all that great at going out and meeting a lot of other people. We no. sort of stuck to our little group. Sky <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I together, we did great. <laughs> yeah. But, but we, you know, fun. we found people and we talked to people. We just didn't form lifelong friendships like some yeah, people do. I feel like some of them, there's a lot more passion there somehow. Mm-hmm. They, they experience more. I think but, staying in a hotel mm-hmm. the whole time. I think that would have killed us. Yes. We would have really had leaky for the weekend. I'm kind of glad we did have somewhere else to sleep. Yeah. Although we also did make use of the hotel on the ball night. That was mm-hmm. nice because we could just go from the ball and just sleep. Yeah, five minutes away. It was really nice. But with that, it's almost 11 o'clock and we have to be up early tomorrow to go to Seattle. And that so. is Potterfic Weekly on LeakyCon. On LeakyCon. We are, as you have probably heard, if you've listened to a few of these, Potterfic Weekly is the first flagship podcast of our group. There is also the Popo Exchange. If you're interested in other fandoms and you want to hear other people from our forums talk about Firefly or Star Trek or books or other things that you might be interested in. Mm -hmm. If you just kind of want to hear banter on various topics, sort of like this, except a little more off-topic and more people, (laughs) there's Point of View Weekly, which is live every Thursday or also comes out on its own podcast feed. And come visit us on our forum, which is potterfitforum.com. If you just want to talk about your own Harry Potter experiences or other fandom experiences any time of the day or night, you don't have to listen to a podcast to do it. Just come over to the forum. come over and say hi. Sign up, and we'll be glad to have you. Yep, we'll greet you with a hug or something. I'm sure we'll come up with something. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good night.
hold on to the wonder of that world through many pens and we'll never let go of all the ones we've made our friends and they'll say it's only a podcast but we know it's much more than that it's a community all of its own where we even have our own sorting hat where the hosts are all our friends and the stories told by Jen will always laugh before the end part of it we plead where the story never ends